Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. It's great to have Marilyn with the voice back after a few, couple of weeks of the flu. I feel faith in this house tonight. I, I felt as we were singing, the Lord says, some of you have come with determined faith to meet with Jesus tonight and let the Holy Spirit just empower and break through. According to your faith, so be it unto you. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. And I feel tonight the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to impact and set people free. Won't you lift your hands to heaven right now, just in faith before we share the word of God. Oh God, we reach up to heaven right now. We reach up to you, Lord, and we reach out and express our faith right now. Lord, we reach up and say, Lord, you are an awesome Father. You've sent your Son, Jesus. You've released the Holy Spirit. And tonight we've come with faith in our heart that you would anoint our lives, that you would anoint our goals, that you would touch our lives in our church, oh God. Because we want to be empowered by your Spirit, clothed with power from on high. Lord, we come with hungry hearts and we worship and adore you. There is no name like your name. Oh God, faith in hearts right now. Lord, let it be ignited. Let it be stirred. Holy Spirit, we pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Oh God, let your anointing flow. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost and have a heavenly language, just pray in the Spirit for a moment right now. Just release your face. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak in the heavenly language. Let the Holy Ghost, that river of living water. Let that river of living water flow, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Oh, let your life flow. Let your river of living water flow, oh God. Oh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, there is faith. There is power. I thank you, Lord, for touching, filling, transforming us tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone shouted? Amen. Thanks, worship team. Let's take our seats. God is so good. Let's give a hand to the worship team for stirring our hearts tonight. And give yourself a hand for being a great choir in church tonight. (laughs) Our worship choir together. Wow. I just love God, and uh, last Sunday we had a great day with Carl Butler here, and Wednesday night Carl preached and stirred our hearts for revival and what God's doing by His Spirit, and this morning we shared on vision for our church and some of our goals. We won't go through all of that uh, again, but uh, just wanted to highlight four of the key themes that we're going to run with this year. This first term we're going to focus on prayer, and we're having that the War Room movie next Sunday night. I urge you to come, bring your family bring your friends. I've watched the movie twice and I read the book yesterday. I picked it up and I couldn't put it down. It was raining. I was going to go and do some mowing or riding bikes or do stuff. I couldn't do any of that because it was still raining. So I started reading. I couldn't put it down. I finished it at 10.30 last night. read a whole book, about 400 pages in one day because I could not put it down. And I cried for about an hour of that time as God transformed the people in that book. And so you need to come, bring your friends next Sunday night, 5.30, and uh, it's going to be really, really powerful. And so with prayer, we're also increasing our number of uh, 24-7 prayer from four to six times a year. And I think we're signing up for that. There's people going around collecting names for that. And that starts the following week. Also, we're going to do six prayer and praise nights this year instead of four. So every two months, there'll be one on instead of once every three months. And then the second term, 
we want to give some uh, um, focus um, there on harvest and talking about harvest and how we can be involved in sowing and reaping and and, uh, evangelism and just seeing our city and our people and looking at opportunities. How can we just set people free? Third term, we're going to do a series on Nehemiah, on uh, building and uh, God restoring the broken stones which represent our broken lives and he restores and puts us into place and all of a sudden the city flourishes and we're going to talk about serving and and flowing together and the last term will be a focus on the Holy Spirit and miracles and the power of God and whatever else God wants to do but we've set some plans in place and then God's going to help us <coughs> to get there but tonight I'm going to share for a, a little while not too long and then we're going to have opportunity to pray for anointing of the Holy Spirit on your lives and many of you come with some goals written down. And if you haven't got them written down, jot some down while I'm preaching and say, God, I'm believing for this to happen this year. And remember, they need to be with some focus and clarity. But I want to just share a few thoughts on the anointing tonight because people say, well, what's the anointing? Psalm 23, 5 and 6 says, The psalmist said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'd rather have a table in the presence of my friends, wouldn't you? But sometimes there are enemies around us, and sometimes the enemies are within us of fear and anxiety and unbelief. And God says, I prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You you anoint my head with oil. Wow. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. I love that picture. God anoints our heads and our head speaks of our mind and our thinking and dreaming and imagination capacity. Boy, we need the anointing on that to sort out our process up there sometimes, don't we? We get, that's where we battle fear and insecurity and so many other things. We need the anointing of the Spirit of God to help clear our thinking and imagination and our dreaming and our goals and vision capacity. And then our cup overflows. That speaks of our lives. Just being so full of God's love and presence that no matter what situation we live, no matter how dark it is around us, there's an overflow of the cup of God. And you meet some Christians and they just seem to have this overflow in their life. And others sort of go up and down and up and down and down and down and then up occasionally. And <clears throat> But God says, your cup can overflow. Doesn't mean you're super positive and you never have any battles it means you learn even in the midst of your enemies to come and commune with God and every day let his fresh anointing flow because God wants to anoint your head and your heart with oil every day you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows then it says surely your goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I'd like to ask you tonight, what's following you? I hope it's not trouble. I hope it's not a bad reputation. I hope that what is following you is God's love and blessing. And that word for follow, one of the meanings of that word follow is actually pursue. So God actually pursues you to pour blessing on your life. Wow, 
That's a great picture. Something, oh, God's just out to get us and, and judge us. No, our God is out to bless and pursue us with his love because he's created us as his sons and daughters and planted in his, us in this earth to bring his love and light to help so many others get set free. So why wouldn't he equip you? If you're a boss or an employee or if you're involved in a coach on a sporting team, if you want them to win, you're going to get all the best equipment, you're going to train them, you're going to have the coaches, you're going to have the support staff, you're going to have all that's needed so that they can win and succeed. Well, how much more our God, he's called us to be his disciples, he will empower you, fill you, equip you and resource us so that we can succeed in doing his purpose on this earth. The anointing, another word for the anointing is the manifest presence of God that comes in our lives by the Holy Spirit. It's a, it comes over our lives. There's an anointing that abides within. The Bible says in 1 John 2 that there's an anointing that abides within. Because when you are born again, you are born again by the Holy Spirit. So He dwells within. This morning, God, I woke up this morning with that scripture, now abides faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. And I was stirred with that, but I, my attention was drawn to the word abides. Now, which is today, abides, in other words, dwells and lives within you, his love, hope, and faith. And we've got to connect and realize it. So the Holy Spirit abides within us when we're born again. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we become more aware of his presence and power in our lives. And when we speak that heavenly language, that's a gift of God for us to communicate with our Father, with our God. It's one of God's ways for us to communicate, to stir up our hearts. So there's an anointing within, and some call that the believer's anointing. There's also an anointing comes upon. Sometimes when you're playing or singing or creating something, all of a sudden it's like you shift gears. For the artists and the writers and the creative people, you're trying to do something, all of a sudden you're praying, all of a sudden it's like something starts to flow. You're talking to someone, all of a sudden it shifts gears and there's a flow of wisdom and grace and insight and understanding. It's like the Holy Spirit will come upon you to empower you for a task or a role or a function or a season of your life. So he dwells within, but he also comes and dwells upon. In the Old Testament, before Jesus came and the Holy Spirit was put out, they, most of them only knew the coming upon. So the power of God would come on the prophets and some of the spiritual leaders and that would come upon. But today we can have the abiding within and the coming upon. I think that's awesome. And the third aspect of the anointing is the corporate anointing so that when you get together, it just it's like putting fire together. Fire together. That's why I love church. I love getting together with people to pray and worship in our small groups and in our ministries and having prayer partners and getting groups together to worship because when you get together there's a corporate anointing it's like the anointing of God upon all of us and the Holy Spirit loves unity so then he comes and empowers it and there's an overflow there's a multiplication happens in our lives that's why it is so powerful to come to church and I've heard people say well why do you need to go to church every week to be a Christian you don't have to go to church to be a Christian but when you're a Christian you want to hang out with other Christians and you want to get together and empower and stir each other up in the Holy Spirit and that's what we do every Sunday so it's the Holy Spirit within upon and then he flows through you 
How awesome is it when you're praying for someone and you feel his love just pour out of your heart? Or you're doing a deed of kindness and you just feel this compassion pour through you. How amazing is it when you're speaking, you just feel these words coming from heaven. Or you're praying and agreeing in faith and all of a sudden there's a surge of faith comes and it's like you move from first gear to fourth gear or fifth gear and it's like this, like a rush of his faith and presence and power. That is the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Oh, what a privilege that is. It's one of the most awesome things. Remember the first few times I felt that, I thought, Lord, this is amazing. And when I pray for people and when I talk with people, I just feel sometimes this incredible love flowing out of my heart. That's why I end up crying sometimes when I pray or minister to people because the compassion of God just fills my heart for people. It just releases over heart. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Wow, so God anoints us, stamps us and says you belong to God. That's why when you become a follower of Jesus and you drift away or backslide, you live in a difficult place because God stamped you, you know his love and truth and you can never be happy back in the world. Never can be happy there because you're called to a higher calling. It's like if you're an A-grade sports player and for whatever reason you get injured and you end up starting back in F-grade and for whatever reason the coach forgets you and you stay there for three years in F-grade and you're an A-grade player and you should be out in the top team. How frustrating is that? But so many people follow Jesus and then stuff happens and sin occurs or junk happens and they settle down for way below what God has called you to do and be. But tonight he wants to lift us up to live on his A team, not the C team or the D team, but in his A team, born again, living in his grace and power. Not perfect, but growing. Isaiah 61, 1 to 4, this is prophetically And Jesus took these verses when he started his ministry. But it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me too. So the anointing comes because and to. Proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations." Hallelujah. What an awesome, awesome, awesome promise. The anointing comes on us and there's about 10 or 12 things there that God says he will do when we're anointed by the Spirit of God. He uses you to renew people, to help rebuild people's lives, to bring restoration, to bring joy instead of mourning, comfort for those that are grieving and all of those other amazing things to proclaim freedom for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, release the prisoners, 
Oh, bring good news to the poor. All of those things, when the anointing of the Spirit is in you and you're aware of that, you can be released to function in many of those things. And how awesome it is when you receive that and live in it. That's why it's so powerful to understand what it means to be be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Anointed to and because. John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father who give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. When the Holy Spirit's are working, He brings truth. Sometimes it's an inconvenient truth because He'll convict you when you're about to say or do wrong. But He loves us. Just like a parent will say, uh-uh, if you keep going that way, you're going to have trouble. God loves us and the Holy Spirit will convict us. He will also put, in, put the green light on and say, go for it with all your heart. Don't just look for the red lights, look for the green lights. I live in green light territory and occasionally the red light comes and says, whoa, just slow down or the orange light says, slow down. But if you live in green light territory, it's an exciting adventure to live our Christian life. It goes on, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will be loved by them and show myself to them. How awesome is that? As the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts, He shows us Jesus who reveals the Father. And so He heals our Father wounds. He makes us aware. We're singing about let all the other names fade away. How beautiful it is when Jesus becomes the focus of our life. That you can then function and flourish in your workplace and in your home. What's a couple of other things that the anointing of the Spirit of God does? It brings power to our lives. Oh boy, I need God's power. Sometimes you feel weak. You need lack courage. You face fears. But listen to what happens when the in, a Spirit comes on. In Luke 24, 49, it says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you be have been clothed with power from on high. I've heard people say they got their power suit on. Well, guess what? We got the Holy Spirit power suit on every day. Wow. We are clothed with power from on high. Oh, God, when you're facing a challenge tomorrow or this week, just remind yourself. Some people actually do it when they're putting their clothes on in the morning. They put on the spiritual armor and say, Lord, and I'm clothed with your spirit and power today. Help me face that challenging client. Help me work through that difficult issue because I'm clothed with your presence and power. Oh, geez, we need to remind ourselves of that over and over again, that we are clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh God, let that be in our hearts and our lives. In Acts 1.8 it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. We had some amazing storms the last week or two. Mate, you hear the, the, the thunder and you see the lightning and think, wow, over 200,000 lightning strikes the other Friday around southeast Queensland. I thought, wow. Incredible power. But do you know the power of the Holy Spirit comes not to destroy us, but to empower us, to fill us, to overflow us. And He will take you to do things that you never, ever thought possible. He will empower you so you can live in freedom. He will empower you to have courage to face those things that would normally intimidate you or overwhelm you. 
Sometimes the enemy comes with schemes to try and lie to you and say you're not good enough. I remember once years ago when I was preaching at a church in Budrum where we were pastors. I was preaching away in a meeting like this, probably with a crowd of a hundred or so people, and I see this lady start to walk down the middle aisle towards me. And I immediately knew, I'd only met her once before, I immediately knew she didn't have good intentions. I could see an evil in her eyes and she was striding down the aisle. I don't know where the frontline team were, but they weren't quite on duty as well as they should have been. She got to about five paces from me. I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? He said, point to her and tell her to stop in Jesus' name. So I said, stop in Jesus' name. And she immediately fell down as if lightning had struck her because she was filled with evil spirits that were coming to do me harm. It was like, boom. Well, that got the attention. The crowd woke up real fast that night. Occasionally, you'll face situations where the power of light and darkness clashes. We don't see it every day, but it's real. My first mission trip to Fiji, I was sharing with some of the team the other day. We had an evangelist supposed to preach the night meetings. I was going to do the teaching for the past in the morning, but the evangelist couldn't come. Tim Hall was one day late with his plane connection. So about two hours before the meeting, said, oh, you're on tonight. You're preaching in the crusade in the soccer field. I said, okay, let's go. So I got Acts chapter 3 and thought, well, I'll just, I've never preached there before. So I get up to preach and I read the first scripture. As soon as I mentioned the name Jesus, a lady in the crowd jumped up and started screaming and yelling and running all over the crowd. And the whole place was in absolute pandemonium. All I'd said was the name Jesus. I hadn't even started preaching yet. I hadn't prayed for anyone. And so then the young pastors, they're running up. They crash tackle her like a rugby tackle. I'm thinking, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> Bit of frontline team training needed there. They took her out the back and were getting her delivered from the evil spirits and I'm trying to preach and keep the focus for the meeting. That was my introduction to ministry in Fiji. Every now and then there are clashes of darkness. They're not always that traumatic, but sometimes you have a huge battle in your mind or your soul and the enemy whispers to you, oh, you can't overcome that spirit of rejection. You can't overcome that learning difficulty or disability. You can't overcome that failure you had years ago and well who do you think you are that you can do it now hey the power of God comes on you you're clothed with a new power you've got his grace and anointing in you so you don't have to bow down to those enemies that have robbed you all of your life and tonight some of you are going to receive a fresh power of the Holy Spirit not because we're anointed or powerful because the Holy Spirit will anoint you when you come and we anoint you with oil that's just a connection point of faith And what the Bible says, but it's your spirit reaching up and God's going to touch some of your lives and you're going to walk out of here with a new courage and power clothed with the the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God also brings revelation and wisdom when the Holy Spirit comes on us. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God prepared for those who love them. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Wow! When the Holy Spirit comes on, you start dreaming impossible dreams. You start dreaming about all of your family getting saved. You look in the natural thing, Lord, how on earth can that happen? You start dreaming about reaching some of the people in your school or church or neighborhood. You start dreaming that you will overcome 
an impossible illness or disease and you will find a way to achieve that goal and dream that you've had for a long time. And God will start to give you revelation and wisdom. What else will he give you? He will give you freedom. We love to sing that and talk about it in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we will all who with unveiled faces can contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Oh God, let that spirit of anointing and freedom come. Also, when you make room for the Holy Spirit, he starts to direct your life and give you goals and things that you never thought you could ever do. I was a shy young guy, never expected to be speaking publicly for 35 years of my life, but the Holy Spirit knew what was on the inside. And when the anointing comes on you, he starts to release the real you on the inside. Someone get a bit scared about the anointing and the presence of God saying, oh, I might end up becoming something I didn't think I would. No, the Holy Spirit will only ever release you to become what you were always planned and called to be. Not something else. He will release you, your personality, your heart. He will release you so you can flourish and become all that God has designed you to do and be in your life. That is the beautiful story of God's grace over our lives. So some of you have been writing out some goals and believing for them. Proverbs 16 one says, to humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Wow. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, He causes their enemies to make peace with them. Wow, what a beautiful promise that is. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I've said, some people say, well, what do you need to set goals and plan for if God's going to direct you anyway? You need to do this so you get on the path and move forward and then God can just readjust you if he needs to redirect you. But if you sit around waiting for something to happen, guess what? Life's going to rush you by and you get old and crusty and dust all over you and cobwebs everywhere and you haven't achieved anything in life. Well, I'm just waiting for God to come and speak to me. Well, he's spoken to you a whole lot in the Word and inspired you. Just get up and get going. Let's go. Let's love. Let's serve. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's do all of those things and God will then readjust you and direct you as you function and flourish. That's right. Don't sit around waiting for anything to happen. God will direct you, flow together, be led by the Spirit and He will Bring it to pass. And if some of your goals aren't quite God's plan, guess what? He can help adjust them. He can close the door every now and then. Oh, I thought that was God's plan. Well, it is, but it's for three years down the track when you're more mature. So just wait and go into this and do that right now. doesn't mean a no. It might be a maybe or a wait. And the Spirit of God will help us to grow. So make sure they're smart goals. Specific, measurable, attainable, reasonable, and there's a time factor to them. So some of you have written really specific goals. Don't have a general goal, so I'm going to lose weight this year. Well, how much are you going to lose and, and when? I've set a goal, I'm going to lose five kilograms by the end of the year. 
And so I'm going to improve my eating and I bought a bike so I can exercise. So I've already set some plans in place to help me get there. And uh, I've set a goal to read through the New Testament this year. So I'm already into the book of Mark. I've read Matthew in January and I'm working through chapter by chapter. Set some goals that are realistic that will help you grow and flourish and keep sowing into your heart and your life and you'll see the blessing come. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And lastly, as we let the Holy Spirit touch our lives we receive and then we let it overflow receive give it says the bible says it's more blessed to give than receive but you've got to receive something before you can give so we've all received his forgiveness we've all received his love and grace in our life so we've already got something to give we can give a prayer of encouragement we can give a word of encouragement we can uh, sow some seeds and John 7.37 says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. I love this. It says, Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers springs bubbling up oh when you start praying in the holy spirit when you start using your gifts it's like god will give you more and more the more i sow and give the more he gives me the more you sow the more you worship and pray the more strength comes the more you want to help people and serve and then it increases it's totally the opposite to the world's thinking the world thinks that if you give it away then you've lost it but in the kingdom if you give it away you've actually gained it because god will give you more and so we've got to battle that thinking all the time you know we think well if i sow money into the church or the kingdom of god then i've lost it no you haven't you've actually sown and it multiplies it's the same with when you pray or when you give when you worship you actually are giving some energy and life to God and others, but He then trusts you and gives you more. And that's how it flows. Out of innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Worship team, come on up. <clears throat> we're going to uh, pray in a couple of minutes and we're going to just take some time to let the presence of God just fill and overflow our hearts. Because the Spirit of God is here. He's drawn us tonight with a hungry heart. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, <clears throat> prophesying, overflow of spiritual life and spiritual strength. You must be born again if you want the life of God to flow through you. Tonight, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, Lord and Savior, we invite you to open your heart to Him. Right, there's one more verse to wrap it up. Jude 1 verse 20 is one of my favorite little verses in the Bible. It says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit... This is my charger verse. Every night you plug your mobile phone in and charge it up. So next day it's got enough battery to do all what you need to do with your phone. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, in other tongues, prayers led by the Spirit, worship, guess what? Your spirit gets charged up and energized. And if you're reading the Word or praying the Word and praying the Spirit, you get energized. That is the secret of my energy. People say, where do you get all your energy from? Well, most of it comes from that source. I pray in the Spirit 
The more I pray in the Holy Spirit, the more energy and strength I get in my spirit, and that helps your mind and your body keep focused. It's not the only thing you do. You eat well and you sleep well and do all the other things and keep your spirit free from contamination of unforgiveness and junk and deal with those burdens. But if you pray in the Holy Spirit and you release what God's given you, He keeps flowing fresh stuff into your heart. And I just love, I just love our amazing God. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He's a gift, but He's our greatest friend. Let's stand in His presence right now. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He's your friend. The Holy Spirit is our friend. Let's just sing that song a couple of times. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Let his presence just flow. Then we're going to pray, and then we're going to start anointing people tonight. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 